Welcome to Magic Monday, where I explore all things magical, mystical, and metaphysical. I'm Jessica Dewberry, psychic and visionary of Miss J. Do Intuitive. Thank you for joining. Hi again, and I hope you're feeling well. I've been quite busy in my corner of the world these last few days, but they have been, you know, just really amazing and packed full of lots of good things. Um, one of those things was actually a mediumship reading I was given yesterday. So I was what's called a sitter for a person who wanted to practice their mediumship skills. And that just means that I allowed her to give me a reading, you know, and she she was quite good. You know, I could actually feel in her written response because it was all written that she had entered that flow of connection between realms. You know, and as a sitter, the agreement um, was that I'd provide feedback that would hopefully be helpful in her furthering or further developing her skills. So I received some beautiful messages from a dead loved one, but because I also do similar work, was able to, to sort of call, you know, and I'm using my air quotes here, that person myself to confirm, expand upon, and offer some suggestions to the medium. So it was definitely a win-win. I've always been a teacher, you know, and in many ways, all of us are, right, in one way or another, but I've taught all different ages and in different capacities as a job for many years. And as a teacher, I naturally have an approach that helps the student um, sort of just draw, draw out their individual strengths and build upon them. And so even if we are in a group setting, things can quickly become individualized depending upon what that person needs, what a person needs. I also have a tendency to sort of encourage people from the back door. And by that, I mean, you know, the responsibility falls completely on them to learn, to try something new, to grow, etc. I simply present the opportunities. And once I see them take it, though, you know, I just encourage them, encourage them the best that I possibly can. Because it's one thing for me to see your light, right? It just means I'm practiced in looking at mine, too. But it's an entirely... It's an entirely other thing. You know, it's another thing for you to see your own. And I find that teaching metaphysical topics unfolds similarly for me because I want, I am the constant variable in all these scenarios. My style and nature essentially remains the same regardless of the discipline. So I kind of stumbled upon being a sitter yesterday because I was a bit, I was a little bit, you know, in that teacher mode already when I saw the request. I didn't have anything to show the medium though of my dead loved one, no photo or a photo of an item that belonged to them as they initially requested. So instead I just left their name. I gave, I gave them her name and said, um, you know, that was who I would have liked to connect to, you know, if you want to give it a shot. Um, and I just left it at that hoping that they'd actually give it a go, and they did. And I feel like we were able to learn something new together, you know, maybe for that medium that she could tune in without the objects or items. And for me, just growing more confident in my ability to discern between seeing seeing what I see after asking, you know, like, okay, show me what they see, and then switching into seeing what's being shown directly to me to interpret. 
I hope that made sense to you guys. Um, but this is very important to me as a reader and teacher of the intuitive arts. And I feel, you know, it's important to the person I'm working with. So now for, to today, for today's topic, which is all about intuitive eating. And later on, I'll share with you a brief meditation while using my Tibetan singing bowl. So first, I want to start off with talking about what intuitive eating even means. The way I've come to understand it, it's allowing your body to be the natural pendulum it is to intuitively guide you because it will on what to eat, what not to eat, when to eat or how much to eat. So food nourishes far more than just our bodies, right? It nourishes our minds and our souls. So intuitive eating is really about doing away with all of the learned diet mentality and becoming far more tuned in with what your specific unique body needs and wants for you. So there's so much to talk about in terms of how our bodies are affected by the foods that we eat. For example, there are spiritual laws that correlate to different foods, and there are even certain foods that will open or unblock and heal each of our chakras. Deanna M. Minich, um, who is actually a doctor, wrote a book called Chakra Foods for Optimum Health that looks, it looks at the nutritional and the spiritual aspects of foods in order to help people heal emotionally and physically through their eating habits. Um, there's also this belief that our chakra system in many ways is changing and upgrading collectively. So while some chakras may even be, you know, blending together, right? Um, so our eating habits are definitely playing an important role in how well or fast or at ease we adjust. So I read this article a while back where this woman was talking about how how it's not going to be as easy to shift and to move between lower and higher frequencies. Um, and so she believes that this is, this is one of the things our body is trying to accommodate, existing predominantly in whatever energetic state we're in at present until we're ready to ascend without sort of um, shifting back and forth all the time. So she used this example of her own daughter who was married and experiencing a lot of emotional stress because um, because her husband would would soon need to be away in another country or for about a year or so for work, and she couldn't go without him. She couldn't go with him, and she was ultimately afraid, afraid of the space that um, that would provide her, you know, to really get to know herself and connect to her inner voice. And so she was going through this fear and this grief around the situation. And her mother, who is a psychic medium, said there was a moment where she could see what she called different soul pieces moving out of, out of her daughter and moving back in, indicating how her vibration was frantically shifting. So she said that a soul piece would move out and almost seem to vanish as if, <clears throat> as if she had dropped down to a lower frequency. So her mom was really trying to help her, you know, stop the downward spiral because she strongly felt that it would be hard to get back to where sh she was beforehand. Um, now that's one perspective, you know, I honestly feel like it may actually become even easier for us to ascend to higher vibrations than perhaps it was before. Um, in part because we have so many tools to help us do so. And our eating habits are definitely one of them. You know, I know for many of those who are consciously walking their spiritual path and 
who are reawakening our eating habits undergo very naturally their evolution as we do. And we don't even have to work at it, really. It becomes all about how much we allow at any given time. So, for example, I used to drink lots of wine, right? I was an avid wine drinker, and I used, I used to really just enjoy it, you know, how it made me feel, the social aspect of it. And I would have it at least three times a week, and especially with dinner, um, at least a couple of glasses at a time. But after I did about three weeks of serious energy work with a mentor, um, I have not been able to enjoy wine the way I used to. My body simply just does not want it anymore. And the urge just sort of fell away. You know, I didn't have to fight for it. I didn't have to plan it out or set aside time for detox or sign up for a program that would hold me accountable. You know, and I didn't even I didn't listen once to what anyone else had to say really on that topic. You know, I just let it happen. Now, I, I don't want you to m mistake what I just said to apply to those who struggle in any way with alcohol, you know, because I didn't. And I don't know firsthand what that's like. But what I'm saying is that my body was ready for me to let it go, you know, uh, to let go of something I really enjoyed for many years and all I had to do was allow it. Um, however, there is this idea, and I just want to touch on this briefly, um, that people doing energy or spiritual work or offering professional readings or um, spiritually inspired coaching even shouldn't drink alcohol at all. And I'll, you know, say particularly wine because I've heard a lot around this and I feel like we all need to really be careful when pushing our ideas on to someone else, right? So drinking wine has, first of all, never interfered with me giving readings. I was giving readings before I stopped drinking it. Um, but once I did stop, I had, I realized that I had created this story. You know, it was a briefly lived story, but still I had created it, that I had to give up wine before I could really give readings professionally. And it's just not true. And I attribute that to, I mean, to really just the hype, right? So I went to see a medium floor last year in Southern California, California, who is, you know, just phenomenal, by the way. And I remember when she first came on stage, she said, please don't drink during the show because those spirits and those spirits don't mix. And she was talking about the dead and talking about alcohol. So it was a truth for her also, not only as it pertained to her, but as it affected in general the overall vibe of the readings and the room. And so I get where the belief comes from. You know, even alcohol being called spirits says something. And I do understand that alcohol tends to be a lower, tends to be of a lower vibration. And then we drink it and then it affects our own. So I, I get it. But I also know to each his own. You know, there's another psychic medium, for example, who's very successful, really good at what she does, and will come on a live video with a glass of wine and zero shame. Because it's like, you know, everyone is just not wired the same way. Another example is um, coffee for me. I used to drink just so much coffee. <laughs> it was it was really unhealthy, right? So I'd have like a pot in the morning and have, you know, a half a pot in the afternoons. And when I was going through grad school, I mean, it was pumping through my veins probably all, you know, mostly all day long. Um, and so now is really different. Around the same time where I stopped drinking so much wine, I also stopped drinking so much coffee.
And so I'm down now to like a cup, a cup and a half in the morning, two cups. And I may have, may have like a few sips in the evenings if I really feel like I want it. Um, so that's just another example, you know, but you really have to be okay with where you are in that process of adjusting um, your different eating habits. So I just want to share with you briefly, though, a bit of my process of arriving um, to what is now my philosophy, which is, you know, just all things in moderation. So I started out as a child who didn't really get to choose what she ate. You know, I was provided food as we are as children, and so I ate it. So there was a lot of food that was processed. Um, there were canned foods, um, were foods made from a box. You know, there was a lot of meat, processed meat, starches, things like bologna. Not that I didn't enjoy these things, because I did. I mean, that's what I grew up on. But as I grew older, I started to realize that certain foods just really didn't work that well for me. You know, and so my habits began to change, like no red meat or pork, period. And once I had children, they began to change even more. So I have gone through many shifts around eating, but all those changes, like I made them, but some of them were not easy, especially when dealing with the responsibility of feeding other people, right? So one period of time, I remember I wouldn't do any dairy and very, very little meat, hardly none at all. And as a substitute, we did lots of soy products, though, lots of veggies. Um, but for my oldest son, that was a really hard thing to do. He was constantly looking for meat and red meat specifically. Um, now, this could have just been one of those, you know, parent-child things where mom, you know, I want something different than what you want. But as a parent, I did wonder, like there is this idea that different blood types require different foods in order to operate at the highest capacity that they can. And so that's definitely something to consider, to look in, to do research about. You know, other changes we made um, were, let's see, I eventually put dairy back into my diet and actual meat like turkey and chicken. Um, but once we made those changes, there was another shift that we needed to, to look at because my daughter, you know, was actually um, experiencing petite mal seizures. Now she's 13 years old and she began to experience those when she was about six years old and possibly before that. But if so, they were they went undetected. Um, but during these episodes, they are very brief in duration and they may last only a few seconds and they may happen a couple times a day or several times in a day, depending on what's going on with her. So if she's had enough sleep, if she's eaten certain things, if she is feeling stressed out about something, all these things are are important and they play a factor. You know, so, of course, I've tried connecting to different doctors to see what they su they suggest. You know, I. I've read lots of things about it. I've tried different things. Um, and so knowing that eating habits are very important to keeping something like seizures under control, I reached out to this world-renowned doctor of alternative medicine out of New York about three or four years ago. And she told me to just move straight into an all-vegan diet and that it would most likely, her seizures would most likely get worse before they got better. Um, but you could, but I you know, I should be able to see some improvement in about a week. So basically, she wanted my daughter to detox. And I can understand, I can understand where this seems like it should work. So we tried it. And it was extremely difficult, because we weren't vegan, although we had healthy eating habits already, you know, but moving from that into being completely vegan was just 
really difficult for us, in part because she's a kid and could understand the importance of wanting to get her seizures under control, but then would see us eating things she could no longer eat and would feel deprived in some way. So my son and I, we felt like we had to then change our our diets, you know, to all be in sync so that it wasn't just her changing her diet. And so things got a lot worse before they got better, you know, almost immediately, though, as it pertains to her seizures, like day two in, um, they spiked out of control and she could hardly get through a sentence without seizing. Um, and it was just a real struggle to watch her and to know that her body was going through all this trauma. So I was trying hard to stick to that diet though, to see if it worked. But about seven days in, we were completely done. Like she was done. I was done. My son was done. So we switched back to our old diet, which includes many things that are not vegan, but it at least stabilized the situation. So I could then try something else that would hopefully work better. Um, but food, like I said, is one of the major triggers for her. So if she if she has things that are high in any given aspect, you know, any given ratio like sugar, fats, et cetera, it really takes a toll on her body. And you will see her react to that with a seizure. Um, and so when talking about intuitive eating and diets of any kind, if you have any sort of disorders, especially if if this pertains to children you are responsible for, I do encourage you to seek outside guidance, you know, seek out a medical intuitive or someone, someone like that until you or they can unlearn certain habits and patterns and feel comfortable trusting the nudges and guidance your body naturally provides. Also, and I just want to throw this in there because I had this experience and it was quite real for me. Um, sometimes you have to take into account where you live, you know, where you are in terms of location in the world. So when I lived in Montreal for two and a half years, although my eating habits don't consist of lots of meat and no red meat at all, like I said, um, during the winter season in those extremely harsh weather conditions, I just felt like there was no way my body could generate the amount of heat that it needed um, on on my very, you know, like leafy green California diet. So I ate all kinds of things trying to figure out what would make me feel more comfortable in those conditions. And it usually looked like chicken, bread, pastries, potatoes, cheese, you know, and whatever else seemed hearty. So ultimately my philosophy again now is all things in moderation because I feel like another thing is that the world is plentiful with all of this different all of these different foods, right, that we can try, that we can like or dislike, that we can buy or not buy, you know, and food gives us lots of pleasure, right? It's up there on the list right right next to sex and sleep for us. And there are so many different types to try. Um, so just allow yourself that pleasure without guilt because that's why those things are there. But also remember that although all those things exist, all of them are not for every body. So also, I am not the person, you know, at the other end of the table when I'm out with someone, for example, and they order something I don't eat like red meat um, to sort of be the snob about it or turn up my nose about it and pass some judgment. <clears throat> it's really, I feel not an enlightened perspective to have 
Um, but it's, it feels common, though, among the spiritual community to have this sort of spiritual snobbery when it comes to certain things, you know. But as it pertains to food, I mean, it's their body, right? They are learning just as we are what they can or cannot consume. And ultimately, it's their responsibility to do their body justice, just as we are trying to do our bodies justice in terms of what they put in it. Right. It's not for it's not for me to pass to pass judgment on that or to try to push my ideas about what or what not to eat onto someone else. All right. So before we get to our meditation, which is coming up pretty quickly, I was reading an article by Kelsey Miller on Refinery29.com. And the title is um, Don't Fall for These 12 Eating Myths. So there are 12 myths, and you guys can definitely Google those and read them when you get a chance. Um, but I just want to mention an example that she used, which I really loved. Um, she uses this example of eating like a child, and she says, and I'm just going to quote her directly, um, I often reference the example of eating like you did as a child, but I'm not literally suggesting you eat baby food. I'm suggesting you engage in the process of eating like a child does. So totally engaged with your hunger, eating until satisfied and then stopping. So in other words, intuitive eating is about respecting, respecting the natural boundaries your body has already in place, honoring your hunger, eating what your body wants you to eat at that time, your preferences, preferences and satisfactions, right? So honoring your snacky moods or um, your tastes for different foods without guilt, um, without guilt, um, without guilt. I'll say it three times. Um, but then also stopping when it's time to stop. So again, really, it just connects back into that idea of all things in moderation. And don't allow yourself to, to feel bad about where you are in that process of figuring it out. Okay, so now we'll move into the part of the magic cast where I share a, a little, you know, just a tool with you. Um, I decided to share my Tibetan singing bowl today, um, which are, they are great. Singing bowls in general are just great for sound therapy. Now, the history of the Tibetan singing bowl is a bit sketchy, though, but lots of um, people believe it arrived from Tibet via India you know, and have been around from what I've learned for over 25,000 years. So, okay, um, if you are in a, in a place where you can do this, where you can participate and close your eyes, then you can go ahead and do that and begin your breathing. And this meditation that we're going to do is just a, just a quick affirmation meditation based around our topic for today. Um, but I just ask that you take a few deep breaths and get relaxed and give me a moment while I collect my bowl here. So now we can go ahead and take a deep breath together. And I'm going to start, start playing the singing bowl. And I hope you guys can hear this okay. I'll try to get it louder for you in just a second. So let's just take another deep breath together. 
as I say these words, I want you to imagine a glowing yellow light circling your body, creating a warm, safe bubble for you to rest within. And I want you to continue breathing Bringing in the breath deep into your lungs, allowing your stomach to fill with air, and then releasing. Push that breath down to your feet. Now just continue breathing and repeat these words after me. Really allowing yourself to breathe them in. And as you exhale, just imagine that all those old thoughts, all the old programming about eating in your body Imagine that you are releasing them, pushing them with your breath outside your golden bubble. Now, repeat after me. I'm healthy as I am. The weight I am and I love my body. I listen to and honor all of my body's rhythms, which include when I eat, what I eat, how much I eat. I rely on my body to tell me what it needs and when it needs it. And because of this, I am always healthy, satisfied, and happy. Remember to continue breathing. And I'm gonna repeat those again. So I'm healthy as I am, the weight I am, and I love my body. I listen to and honor all of my body's rhythms which include when I eat, what I eat, how much I eat.
rely on my body to tell me what it needs and when it needs it. And because of this, I am always healthy, satisfied, and happy. Now, just take another deep breath. And you can go ahead and open up your eyes if they were closed. But when you do, tell your body, you are mine and I appreciate you. So that's it for our um, meditation today. And I hope that was helpful for you. Um, and that really is all for today's Magic Monday. You know, So if you have a show topic you'd like for me to discuss, feel free to leave it in the comment section. And every third Monday of the month, starting February, I'm opening the lines up to those who'd like a totally free live mini psychic reading on the air. So be sure to listen for that day. Um, and I'll also be teaching classes at the Awakenings Wellness Center starting next month on psychic development. My website is all updated with class descriptions and info on how to register. So be sure to check that out. Also, I am so excited for our show next Monday where I will be um, hosting alongside um, three other readers, you know, who do different, different readings than I offer. So I offer readings without tools and they are psychic readings and, um, mediumship readings. They often turn into mediumship readings. Um, and that just means that I tune into your energy without using anything. And, you know, I receive these visions or these images because I am predominantly clairvoyant, but there are so many different types of readers out there. And so some of the readers that will be joining us next week, well, most all of them are actually different than I am, like I said, um, but they have some really unique abilities. So I'm really excited for this show and I hope that you can find the time to tune in because you will not be disappointed and you'll be, you know, just exposed to all of the all of the um, uniqueness, but some of it is just straight wild. And so I hope that you can can be here next week. Um, I'd I'd love to love to have you here. All right, you guys. So that's all. Be well. Thank you so much for being here and be sure to tune in every Monday at 5 p.m. on Station 2 to learn more about my upcoming events and classes and to experience a reading for yourself. Visit my website at readings.missjdu.ca and I'll talk with you soon.